welcome to Dogs On Air, the podcast that focuses on you and your dog. I'm fascinated with dogs and one of my favourite things to do is to just stand back and watch dogs do what they do. It can make you laugh, it can surprise you, but it's never less than amazing. In my work as a dog trainer, I'm learning more all the time about dogs and, of course, about their owners. Scientists, vets and behaviourists are also learning more about where dogs came from and why they do what they do. In this podcast, I want to share with you all the things I'm discovering and have some fun along the way too. We'll talk about breeds of dogs, about food and how it affects your dog, shopping for your dogs, plus important news on dogs' health. We can share our best walks and top tips about our dogs too. I'd love to know your favourite places and why you chose your dog. Come along with me as we share our favourite passion. This is Dogs On Air. Now in the dog world, November means Discover Dogs, an event organised by the Kennel Club where you can see 150 different breeds of dogs all in one place. The place is Excel in London. I caught up with Kennel Club's Heidi Anksel Day to find out what more visitors can do at Discover Dogs. There is all manner of um, doggy paraphernalia. So I'm sure if you ever come to Discover Dogs, you will see people with their trolleys and their bags laden high with all of their Christmas buying goods. Um, everything under the sun that you could possibly want for your dog, I'm sure, is there. Um, and then beyond that, it's a really nice chance just to see doggy displays. Um, there's the ever fun agility competitions. There's flyball. Um, and this year, for the first time, um, we've got the medical detection dogs doing a display, um, but they're actually detecting or showing how they would detect um, for the likes of COVID-19, um, which is amazing stuff. You know, these dogs are incredible. Um, so it's a real chance to, to, to see that kind of um, uh, amazing work in action. Um, and then there's the scruffs as well, not forgetting scruffs, which is for the crossbreeds. Oh, there's yes, never I've a dry eye in the scruffs. house. Yes. <laughs> Oh, tell me more. What happens at Scruff's bit? Um, well, it's the heat. So the different heats um, take place at Discover Dogs with the final at Crufts. Um, and they compete in different categories. They're fun categories, you know, like the most handsome dog, the golden oldie, prettiest bitch. Um, there's a real focus on the stories behind the dog. So it's, mm. you know, where, where they came from, what their background is, their relationship with their owner. Um, they're really nice stories. Um, and as I say, it's n n normally never a dry eyes in a house. You always get some really moving ones as well. But they, they get to go on to the Crufts final after the Discover Dogs heat, which is lovely. What do you think the importance of this event is on a sort of more serious serious notes because yeah. there, there is lots of talks of the of the dogs for instance the the bulldog types are having uh, you know problems with their health and what do you think this particular event contributes to the the debate all the way around that uh, well, that's definitely one one aspect. I think it's three three different areas actually, and from a serious perspective, why we hold this event. Um, and now, I think more than ever, is is you know, a really important time to do so, um, because as we saw during the lockdown period, um, puppy ownership boomed. Um, mm. You know, we had a massive increase. I think it's about one hundred eighty five percent increase in searches on our Find a Puppy site for dogs. 
Um, and obviously one of the challenges with that is people were buying puppies, but in very different conditions to how we would normally recommend you should buy puppies. Yeah. So we were doing it online. We weren't getting to meet the puppy in its home environment, which has now become you know, part of law. Um, and suddenly all that was thrown out of the window. Um, so I think one of the things we were really fearful of is that people were buying dogs and it's amazing, you know, as their companion during the lockdown period and hopefully for the rest of their lives and beyond. Um, but were people making rash choices? Were people going to breeders who are perhaps using the situation to hide behind the Internet and to not show people their premises? So on the one hand, this event's critical because it's a chance not just to meet breeds but meet breed experts so you can learn if you haven't yet acquired a puppy but you're thinking of doing so how do you do that responsibly how do you make sure you're going to a really good breeder somebody who's going to give you a puppy that's had the best start in life so that's one aspect the second is following on from that making sure that if you are looking at buying a puppy you are getting the right breed and you're really understanding we have these 150 breeds and it's amazing, but, but why? Why do we have 150 different types? And everyone has developed from really different, unique backgrounds. They had different functions um, that have given them unique characteristics now that mean that they suit different lifestyles. You know, if you're looking for a dog yeah. that's got certain exercise requirements or that isn't going to dig up your lawn, um, you know, you probably won't go for a terrier. <laughs> um, but if you're happy to have a breed that you can you know, give lots of exercise, there are, there are lots of different types that are suitable for you. So that's why we host the event, um, because we're always telling people to make sure they buy the right breed for their lifestyle. And, and touching on your point at the beginning, um, health is also, you know, really, really critical part of that if you're going into dog ownership and you're choosing a breed that perhaps have certain um, health conditions that might be prone to you need to know those up front you need to be talking to the breeder about what they've done to to make sure that your puppy gets the best possible chance of a a good good start in life Um, and there's a lot they can do there's health tests and there's dna screening programs so again it's a it's it's a chance to get informed and to make sure that you've done your homework and you know what you're the right breed from the right breeder so that you get that really lovely relationship with your dog most definitely and I guess the other thing about discovers got dogs is it's it's time to chat with everybody else as well isn't it it's so nice to be able to have kind of full-on dog chats about what your dog does and what it doesn't do and it's just exactly. that whole lovely atmosphere isn't it exactly that's exactly why people go you know and sure if all dog lovers know that they can um, bore the socks off their friends and family <laughs> but they're not dog lovers with them then it doesn't feel quite the same so yeah you, you it's definitely a chance to do that <laughs> yeah Heidi there talking about discover dogs which is at XL London on the 20th and 21st of November all the details are on the event website discoverdogs.org.uk this is dogs on air the podcast for you and your dog Now, Discover Dogs may have 150 breeds of dog, but we're going to focus on just one breed now. One of the most popular breeds in the UK at the moment are Dachshund, and they certainly attract attention. Um, But are they best for everyone? Are they the right pet for you? To find out more, I'm going to be talking to, well, it's the lady who knows everything about Dachshund. It's Sharon Alton. Hello there. Hi. Now, you're involved in Dachshunds in numerous ways. Tell us more. I am indeed. I I have many different hats, um, it seems. Um, I I work and train and do behaviour specifically with Dachshunds um, and their crosses. Um, I'm also uh, the behaviour advisor for the Red Foundation Emergency Dachshund Rescue and um, 
and uh, the one of the trustees for Daxon Health UK, who are the charity arm of the Daxon Breed Council. Oh, we're definitely the right lady to come to. <laughs> and I'm assuming that somewhere around in your your pack, you also have a Daxon there. Well, I have a few. <laughs> you don't just tend to have one; you do tend to collect <laughs> them. And I've got a few, you know, fosters and ones that are foster fails as well. So the best okay. type of failure, to be fair. Yes, yes, that's absolutely true. Um, so, tell us more then. Tell us the good things about... Oh, they're a wonderful breed. They are, don't get me wrong, they are probably one of the hardest breeds I've ever owned and worked with. Um, but they are a get-under-your-skin type of cuddle monster that are highly addictive. Um, they, of course, have that that... that appeal to you know they've just got that oh aren't they beautiful factor um but and and they're quirky they're their quirks make them dachshunds you know they they are they are brilliant i often call them the empaths of the dog world they are very sensitive <laughs> to our emotions um and they do if you're having a bad day or um or a good day they share that with you so they are a wonderful wonderful breed but <laughs> I was about to say, let's, let's talk about because oh, I have to on, say, we've got one coming. This is not that is not this a is not a she thinks she's a beautiful Dachshund. Doberman by the looks it of it. She is, she so is. What, what's her name? This is Piper. Piper. Uh -huh. Piper's slightly jealous of the fact that you're talking about Dachshunds at the moment. She has to do this on every recording, she has to make <laughs> an appearance, and then a colleague will appear as predicted there. Okay. This is the other, there she is. Here comes the collie. Yeah, they can't reach. That's another good thing about them. They can't reach when you're on a Zoom. <laughs> I, I so wish that this was um, not a podcast, but you could see them. But I can tell you that they are. They both look beautiful and very shiny coats. So, they are, so they we've, are. we've reached that. We've reached the butt um, because obviously yes. they are so attractive. I have to say, when I when I walk out with one of my friends' Daxons, it's the Daxon that always gets the oh, aren't they lovely? But they are a particular breed, aren't they? They do need. They to are, and, and sadly, people don't necessarily realise that they are a working breed. They are bred to hunt. Um, originally, the standards were bred to hunt badger, um, and they are still actively used in Europe for stag and boar. So they, and a lot of them are coming over from Europe with working lines, mm. um, and obviously, we're very much restricted here on what we can and can't do. Um, and, and they struggle. They really do struggle with the restrictions of our world. But also we forget because they're small and they're beautiful and they're lovely and they love a cuddle that they, um, you know, they are still a dog. Um, and one thing I try and say to people having a Doberman is would you allow the same people to do the same thing or dogs to do the same thing to a Doberman if your Dachshund was a Doberman? The answer is always no. But we forget because they're small. You know, we wouldn't carry a Doberman everywhere. We wouldn't, um, well, mine all sleep on the sofa, so, you know, that doesn't bother me. But um, there are things we, we do and expect of Dachshunds that we wouldn't expect of larger breeds because the expectations are different because they are small and cute. Um, same as strangers. People react differently to a Dachshund um, and they will go and try and pick one up that's not this and then if that dachshund turns around and snaps a dog's bad but again would you go and give a hug to a, a great dane or a doberman or a german shepherd no well, why not offer the same courtesy so we've got this whole loop of owners but also 
Dachshunds are, you know, they're on everything. They're on cups. They're, I've got a mug here with the cup with Dachshunds on it, a blanket behind me with Dachshunds yeah. on it. So they appeal to everybody. And but they are hard, they are a tough breed. They're very smart, very, very yeah. smart. And stubborn. Very. <laughs> <You're laughs> yeah. so, so take me through, um, because one of the things I like to do when I'm training is to try and match the breed to the person. Yeah. So take me through your kind of ideal owner. And, and hopefully this will help people because they, they might think, oh, I'm going to get a Dachshund, but they might not recognise what the, the sort of best owner is. So take me through what you think. They, um, they, need, they need mental stimulation. They are a hound. They love anything scent work, uh, scent driven. So, you know, whether it's actively doing scent work activities or um, tracking, man trailing, I've done all of those with my Daxies and they're phenomenal at it because it taps into that nose. Their nose is incredibly yeah. strong. They are incredibly active. Now, as with all breeds, you, you restrict their exercise whilst they're growing to protect their bones. But a lot of people say, oh, they don't need to, they can't walk that far. They absolutely can, you know, they, they can do, not necessarily mountains because they can't jump the jumps, but um, they can go out hiking and if you build it up correctly, they're an incredibly active breed. Similarly, though, you can, you get what you put in. So if you want a bit of a couch potato, don't stand there throwing a ball for it constantly because you're going to create an athlete. Um, you, you, they need this the stimulation. They do like to chill out and relax, but your youngsters in particular, that extra input and, and mental stimulation, and we often forget to, to provide that. We give lots of cuddle time, but not the brain work that they have. So I, Ideal World and Nona you know, is, is able to provide that, and a family is able to provide constructive um, mental stimulation and physical activity. Um, but one thing I think that we all forget as professionals is we, we often drive home the need for activity, mental and physical activity, but we forget that we need to teach people how to do calm stuff and teach the dogs to be relaxed indoors. Mm. Um, and, and that's similarly, we, I am seeing a lot of very hyperactive dachshunds that are then getting frustrated and biting yeah. because they're the owners are great they're so driven on the mental stimulation but they forget we need the calm too so it's mm -hmm. somebody who's open to learning and making mistakes and able to provide that stimulation they're not great at being left for long periods they can can learn it um but they are velcro dogs they do like companionship mm -hmm. um so ideally someone who is around not necessarily all the time but um is available yeah um and as someone who has patience because they are not easy they they are prone to unfortunately barking is something that comes it's not hand in hand with the dachshund but it is one of the more prominent things they are bred to bark they're mm. bred to bark to indicate they found their prey um and with the surplus of breeding you know temperament isn't really looked at as much yeah. as it should be yeah. and we are seeing a lot of very nervous and anxious dachshunds so yeah. owners need to be aware of that from the beginning and start putting things into place to build confidence from day one. Sharon Alton talking about dachshunds as pets. We'll hear more from Sharon on the health of dachshunds in our next podcast. Now talking of dogs health the PDSA shared a story with me this week with a very worrying headline puppies painkiller peril. I caught up with Anna, who's a PDS vet, to tell me more. 
Yes, so um, we've had a story and we're just trying to raise awareness really of the dangers of certain human painkillers to our pets. Um, the story's about a lovely little dog named Lily who unfortunately managed to get into her owner's bedside table and eat some ibuprofen tablets. Um, so these are a, a human medication um, which many people might recognise and they're a certain type of medicine called a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug and unfortunately um, the human versions of these non-steroidal drugs um, or NSAIDs um, can be highly toxic to our pets so we're just trying to let people know and of giving some advice on steps they can take to keep their pets safe. I imagine Lily might be a Labradori type dog when we talk about bedside tables and, and is it a pup as well? Yes, so she was a younger dog, but actually um, this is something that we find a lot of dogs um, and some cats as well. Um, they do quite like to investigate human medication packets. Um, oh. They're quite crackly, um, yes. the kind of foil and the plastic um, can be quite fun for them to chew. Um, and a lot of um, human tablets will have sweeteners in them as well. And it can actually be a, a double threat to our pets, actually, because some of them will contain the artificial sweetener xylitol, which can also be toxic to dogs. Um, so a really a really good one to be aware of um, and if you do have human medications in the house it's really important to keep that somewhere safely away from those curious little paws. Yes because it's interesting isn't it I think if people take daily medications uh, if you like the more serious medications they obviously put them in their medicine cupboard but often if you've got a headache you might just get a paracetamol or something out and leave those packets around I think I'm guilty of doing that actually. Absolutely. And the other one that we do sometimes see is um, people have uh, things like painkillers in their handbags. Um, so oh, yes. an inquisitive little pup um, or, a, or a little cat going kind of rifling through your handbag um, when you're not watching them um, could be at risk there as well. So it's just thinking about all those different places where you might have particularly things like painkillers um, because they are a little bit more common perhaps than some of the other medicines that, as you say, you might be taking every day. Yeah. Now, I'm dreading to ask this question, but how's Lily? Lily, fortunately, um, is doing really, really well. Um, her <laughs> owners um, managed to find that she had, they came back and found that she'd, um, they thought she'd eaten the tablets. Um, so they called their local PDSA pet hospital um, and was seen by Vets Now, our out of hours service. Um, and they were able to to give her some medications um, to basically get the, the non-steroidal drugs out of her system and also some medicines to try and stop any further absorption. Um, with the dose that she had had, she was at risk of, of stomach ulceration okay. um, so really nasty um, and actually high doses of the non-steroidal drugs can lead to kidney failure so acting fast is absolutely key um, Lily's owners did completely the right thing getting her that help as quickly as possible and the great news is that um, with the thanks of, of our PDSA team and the Vets Now team um, she's doing really really well so a, a big um, positive happy ending to that story um, and a good lesson for all of the rest of us I think yeah big sigh of relief because um, there is that point isn't there of, of acting quickly because sometimes I think owners they, they think oh have they or haven't they um, shall we just wait and see if any symptoms uh, evolve but if you're saying about ulcers you might not know about those presumably until it's almost too late absolutely and with a lot of um, toxicities we do know that the quicker you get help and um, the more hopeful it is for your pet um, a lot of people do have that kind of 
do I? Do I not? Have they actually eaten it? Have they not? Particularly if you haven't actually seen them. Um, but if you do ever think that there's a chance your pet might have eaten something that they shouldn't have, um, it's really important to get in touch with your vet. Um, they'll be able to let you know whether what they've eaten could be toxic, whether it could be a danger, um, and also whether they need to be seen straight away. Because in a lot of circumstances, there are things we can do if we act fast. So I would always say, if in doubt, get in touch with your vet as soon as you think that something might be wrong. Wonderful advice. Thank you very much indeed, Anna. It's lovely to speak to you. Um, I'm going to hope to grab you again just before Christmas because that's another bit of a minefield, isn't it, for for dogs and eating and you know everybody being very busy around the, uh, the the table and suddenly the mince pies have gone. But hopefully we'll catch up with you again before Christmas. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. Well, thanks to Anna there from the PTSA. Well, that's it for this edition of Dogs on Air. Next time we'll be talking about those health issues for Dachshunds, we'll be finding out more about Labrador Retrievers, and we'll be chatting to Anna again about how to keep our puppies and older dogs safe during those festivities. I'd love to hear about your dog, why you got it, where you walk, and any tips you have for other dog owners. You can contact me, trainer, at dogprofessor.co.uk. Until next time, happy walking! <laughs> <laughs>